Jesus told us to love one another if we feel like it. That doesn't sound quite right, does it? Here's Pastor Al Pittman. Here Jesus is saying, here's a new command, not a new suggestion. Love one another. So what we are hearing today, this morning, is the teaching of Christ, what he commanded us to do as believers, to love one another. The true measure of authentic Christianity is not faith, it's not spiritual gifts, it's not knowledge, it's not sacrifice or great works, it is love. Dwelling place, dwelling place, dwelling place, you are mine. Dwelling place, dwelling place, dwelling place. Calvary Worship Center in Colorado Springs welcomes you to The Dwelling Place with Pastor Al Pittman. On today's program, Pastor Al brings us part one of a new mini-series he shared recently, titled Healthy Church Fundamentals. As Pastor Al will remind us today, fundamentals are important in just about every walk of life. The Christian church in the year 2023 is in desperate need of a refreshed course in fundamentals. And over the next several programs, we'll take a close look at three essential fundamentals of a prospering church. Love, service, and forgiveness. We begin with the fundamental that defines everything our walk in Christ is about, love. Here's Pastor Al. I have entitled this series of messages, it's three messages we'll be looking at the next three weeks, uh, Healthy Christian Fundamentals. This is part one, and uh, we're jumping off from John 13, but we'll be going elsewhere. I'll be sharing a lot of different scriptures. But when you think about it, with any successful sports team, there's a great emphasis on the fundamentals. The famous Green Bay Packers football coach, Vince Lombardi, believed in fundamentals. And here's a true story some of you have heard. It was July 1961, and the 38 members of the Green Bay Packers football team were gathered together for the first day of training camp. The previous season had ended with a heartbreaking defeat when the Packers uh, squandered a lead late in the fourth quarter, and lost the NFL championship to the Philadelphia Eagles. (laughs) The Green Bay Packer players uh, had been thinking about this brutal loss for the entire offseason, and now, finally, training camp, and it's now time to get down to work. Their coach, Vince Lombardi, had a different idea to take them back to the fundamentals of the sport. He began with the most elemental statement of all. Gentlemen, he said, holding a pigskin of football in his hand, this is a football. I love that. <laughs> Lombardi's methodical coverage of the fundamental, fundamentals continued throughout training camp. His team would begin, would became known, actually became the best in the league at the task everyone else took for granted. Six months later, the Green Bay Packers beat the New York Giants 37 to nothing to win the NFL championship. Fundamentals. As I thought about that and was thinking about what God wanted me to share in the next few weeks, like the Lord said, take them back to the fundamentals. In this post-COVID era of the church, I think it would be good for us to remember the fundamentals 
of a healthy church fellowship. If Jesus was here in his glorified body, and one day he will return to the earth, we know that he's here by his spirit. The Holy Spirit is here with us. But I believe if you're standing here in his glorified body as our coach, I think Coach Jesus, Jesus would say, Calvary Worship Center, this is the cross. Let's get back to fundamentals. Let's learn to do fundamentals well. Fundamentals of a healthy church fellowship. The cross, the central focus of our faith in Christ. Without it, we will never master the fundamentals. It is the difference between victory and defeat for the believer. Jesus made this clear when he said in Luke chapter 14, if anyone comes to me and does not hate his father and mother, wife and children, brother and sisters, yes, even his own life also, he cannot be my disciple. And whoever does not bear his, what? Cross and come after me cannot be my disciple. Jesus is saying there that our devotion to him, as Vince Lombardi was saying to the Green Bay Packers, your devotion to this football, to the game, has to be so much higher than our love for anybody else that it looks like hatred. Even the love for ourselves has to be subject to our great love for him. This, my friend, is the beginning. is where we start with the fundamentals. There are three fundamentals of a healthy church that we will focus on in this message series. And the first one, of course, today is love. We'll talk about love. That is loving one another. The second is serving. That is serving one another. And the third is forgiving. That is forgiving one another. These fundamentals come from our Father's playbook. <laughs> that is the Bible, from his word. And by design, they glorify his purpose and edify his team, which is the body of Christ. The first fundamental, therefore, is love. Love one another. Jesus said in John chapter 13, in verses 34 and 35, he said, A new commandment I give to you, that you love one another. How? As I have loved you, that you also love one another. By this, all will know that you are my disciples, if you have love for one another. The Great Commission, go into all the world and preach the gospel and make disciples teaching them to observe all the things I've commanded. And here Jesus is saying, here's a new command, not a new suggestion. Love one another. So what we are hearing today, this morning, is the teaching of Christ. What he, want, he commanded us to do as believers, to love one another. The true measure of authentic Christianity is not faith. It's not spiritual gifts. It's not knowledge. It's not sacrifice or great works. It is love. Again, 1 Corinthians 13, verses 1 to 3, we've all heard it. Most of us have. The Bible says, Paul says, Though I speak with the tongues of men and of angels, but have not love, I have become sounding brass and a clanging cymbal. In other words, 
I'm just making noise. And though I have the gifts of prophecy, pretty big stuff, the gift of prophecy, and, and understand all mysteries and all knowledge, and though I have all faith, all faith, that I can speak to the mountains and the mountain will be moved, but have not love, I am nothing. And though I bestow all my goods to feed the poor, the local soup kitchen or what have you, Though I give my body to be burned, but have not love, it profits me nothing. It's interesting. It may profit somebody else, but it profits you nothing. In other words, your act of benevolence is never acknowledged or recorded in heaven. Why? Because you did it apart from love. Amen. People think sometimes, oh, you know, I wrote a big check, check this week to the church, or, oh, I, I did this, and I, I took the, this and that and the other. Lord, did you, do it, did you do it with love? Because no matter how great the gift or the size of the gift or how great the sacrifice that you might render uh, unto somebody else for their benefit, it benefits you nothing if it's done apart from love. There are three Greek words for love, as many of you Bible students know. It's the word eros sensual romantic love the word philia and that is friendship love but then there's the word agape the love that jesus commanded us to love one another with and the love that paul writes about in first corinthians 13 is agape love in the original greek text of the new testament the word agape appears 116 times in 106 verses it's pretty important to god Agape literally means affection, goodwill, benevolence. Literally means a love feast. God wants his body to be a love feast for us to love one another. Agape applies to that love which is of God and from God. It is the fundamental knowledge of God's love for us that enables God's love to flow through us to others. I'll say it again. It's the fundamental knowledge of God's love toward us that enables the love of God to flow through us to others. Pastor Al will be back in a few moments with the conclusion of today's message, taken from his series titled Healthy Church Fundamentals. As we course our way through the year 2023, there are some very heavy challenges ahead for each of us. Would you like someone to pray for you? We would count it a real blessing to be able to do that. So share your prayer needs with us by going to our website, cwccs.org, and click the Need Prayer tab at the top of the homepage. That's cwccs.org. And thanks for remembering the dwelling place in your prayers as well. Now here's part two of today's message as we look at an important fundamental of a healthy church, love. John said it this way in 1 John chapter 4. He said, Beloved, let us love one another, for love is of God, and everyone who loves is born of God and knows God. He who does not know, who does not love, does not know God, for God is love. Did you hear that? He who does not love does not know God, for God is love. In this the love of God was manifested toward us. God has sent his son, his only begotten son, into the world that we might live through him. And this is love, not that we love God, 
but that he loved us and sent his son to be the propitiation for our sins. So we see, wow, here's love. God sent his son to die for us. Not that we love God, but that God first loved us. And then he says this. Here's the point. Beloved, if God so loved us, we also ought to love one another. How do we love one another? Unconditionally. God loved us with unconditional love. Aren't you glad for his unconditional love? And the Bible tells us in Romans chapter 8 that there's nothing that can separate us from the love of God, the love of God that is in Christ Jesus. Amen? Oh, I'm so glad about that. Not death or life, height or death. No created thing can separate you from the love of God, which is in Christ Jesus. This is the love that he's telling us we ought to love one another with. Show me a believer who is not walking in love, and I will show you someone who has forgotten God's love toward them, has forgotten that God first loved them, even while they were still sinners. David prayed in 2 Samuel chapter 7. He said, Who am I, O Lord, and what is my house that you have brought me this far? In that statement, that prayer, I hear David's humility. He's amazed. He's blown away that God would love him. Who am I, Lord? When we began to walk in the flesh toward one another, pride replaces humility. Remember, David was a man after God's own heart, and I really believe it's because part of the reason because of his great humility. A man after God's own heart. If we're not careful, if we walk in the flesh toward one another, rather than say, Lord, who am I that you have brought me this far? We begin to say, don't they know who I am? Amen? Don't you know who I am? But true humility that is blown away by the fact that God would love them says, who am I? And who is my family? Long before Amazing Grace was written, David stood amazed by God's great love for him. Listen, the day that that thought or that amazement begins to dwindle, that we are no longer humbled by the fact that God loves us, is a day we're headed in the wrong direction. It's a day that we move from truly having a thankful heart to a heart of entitlement. The fact that God loves me, no, God owes me. The fact that God loves me ought to humble me. Who am I? Amazing grace, how sweet the sound that saved a wretch like me. Modern-day theologians and songwriters want to get rid of the word wretch, but it's a fitting word for Pastor Al. A wretch like me. I once was lost, but now I'm found. I was blind, but now I can see. Amen? Thank God for his amazing grace. But who am I? Who is my family? Amen. Some of us know about our families, don't we? <laughs> who is my family that God should love me so? The spiritually sober mind understands, he or she understands that the salvation comes solely by way of God's love. His mercy and grace come solely by way of his great love for us. And thus Jesus commands us to love one another. What is he saying? Pay it forward. To love one another as I have loved you. That's huge. 
That in, in, in and of itself is huge. You just meditate upon Love one another as I have loved you. Now, it's been said in the church, I've been around the church for a long time, and I've heard people say, you know what, Lord, the church is a wonderful place, would be a wonderful place if it wasn't for your people. <laughs> and the reason is because, as the other saying goes, people change, but not that much. And then I've heard people pray this, Lord, I love you, but I hate your people. I don't think God takes that kind of comment lightly. In fact, the Bible tells us in 1 John chapter 4 that if someone says, John says, if someone says, I love God and hates his brother, he is a liar. What is he a liar about? You're lying that you love God. Our relationship with God and our relationship with one another, relationship with one another is interwoven. Did you know that? Well, I love the Lord, but I hate the pastor. I love the Lord, but I hate that person. What? No, it's interwoven. They go together. John said, if you can't you say you love God and hate your brother, you're a liar. For he who does not love his brother whom he has seen, how can he love God whom he has not seen? And this commandment we have from him, that he who loves God must love his brother also. You can't separate the two. They go together. And I'm talking about the church and believers loving one another. We should love each other if we love God. If we're unwilling to love our fellow believer, brother or sister in Christ, we're going to definitely have a problem with God. Some have remedied interfacing with other believers and loving other believers by permanently joining the online church. I love the online church. Don't click us off. Amen. <laughs> uh, Norman and I use the online church. We, we, you know, kind of come in and join the service when we're out of town. We can't find maybe a, a church to go to or whatever, or there's people who are sick or shut in or whatever that are online. And then some people just, they're just an online church. You know, they're, you know, they're out of state or what have you, and they're watching something. We, we love that. We have hundreds of thousands that are watching online, and we thank God we have a church online. They're a part of this fellowship. They're not just some alienated satellite or whatever. Amen. Now, having said that, let me just say, if you're using online church to avoid Christian fellowship because you don't like God's people, it's sin. Just thought I'd throw that out. If you're using it to avoid being around God's people, it's sin. Why do I say that? Because the Bible says in Hebrews chapter 10, verse 25, do not forsake the assembling of yourselves. And then Proverbs chapter 18, verse 1 says, a man who isolates himself seeks his own desire, and he rages against all wise judgment. So true. When you isolate yourself, it's all about you, and you don't want anything to do with God's people, and you're hiding out, you're consumed with yourself. It's all about you. It's not about Jesus. Because the reality is that God calls us to come together for mutual edification. And so that the Spirit of God might teach us how to love like God loves us. Do you hear that? So we come together. We think, I come together to hear a sermon or whatever. No, God brings, you, brings us together because he knows that there are people in the congregation that will rub you the wrong way. <laughs> Amen. They're sitting in your seat this morning. Amen. <laughs> Uh, you know, there's the people that, that rub you the wrong way, and, and God has us all come together, all different backgrounds and ethnicities and all of that, to teach us how to love one another as he loves us. Jesus said, love one another. By this, all will know that you are my disciples. The world will not know until we show publicly 
that we love one another and we cannot show unless we're willing to go to church and to be with one another. Amen. So that when they come in, they can see us loving one another. You can't, you can't see, you know, loving somebody in, a, in an email or whatever. I mean, you have to, people want to see it. We need to be on display for the world to say, my, how they love one another. These must be the disciples of Jesus. Lord requires us to come together. Let me just tell you that we'll love each other with, he said, in the same way I love you, unconditionally. Unconditional love requires relationships which are at times uncomfortable. Everybody in the church is not going to agree with you. Everybody in the church doesn't think the way you think. Amen. And so sometimes there, there are issues within the church. And what many believers do is when there's issues, they run to another church. And then they become an issue at that church. And then they run to another church. They just, they just they, they never grow up. They never learn to love others like Jesus loves them. And yet they still want to be on his team. Houston, we have a problem. We have to learn to love others the way he's loved us. God uses disagreements and incompatibilities in his house. Like what I call holy sandpaper. People who rub you the wrong way to hone you into the man of God or woman of God that he's called you to be. Iron sharpens iron. One man or one woman sharpens another. He's trying to teach us how to love one another, to love his way by faith rather than by way of the flesh. You married people understand this well, I'm sure. Amen. Guys, you remember when you first saw her and she was across the room, your heart went boom? <laughs> and you held her hand in yours, you know? Amen? And you just, oh my God, you, I, I got, boy, I got to get with her, right? Amen? <laughs> you sacrifice and everything, you finally get married and everything. And you did not realize that that sweet little thing, whoo, <laughs> would become the sandpaper of God. This has been The Dwelling Place, featuring the Bible teaching ministry of Pastor Al Pittman, Senior Pastor at Calvary Worship Center in Colorado Springs, Colorado. If you enjoy Pastor Al's teaching ministry, we have some good news for you. You can listen, watch, or download an archive of past messages with a simple mouse click at cwccs.org. Just click the Messages tab at the top of the page. And while you're checking out our website, be sure to download the Calvary Worship Center app for your device and take Pastor Al wherever you go. The Dwelling Place is also available at oneplace.com. And I'd also like to ask you to take a few moments today to send Pastor Al an email and let him know that you enjoy The Dwelling Place on this station. You can also share a prayer request with us. Just send an email to amen at cwccs.org. Have you considered becoming a financial supporter of The Dwelling Place? We really need your support to keep this radio ministry going and growing. You can support this program with a one-time gift or become a monthly supporter. If you'd like to join our support team, you can do so at our website, cwccs.org, or by texting the word GIVE to 719-354-2778. If you live in the Colorado Springs area and are looking for a church home, or you'll be visiting the area in the future, 
we invite you to come join us for worship here at Calvary Worship Center. You'll find directions and more information at cwccs.org. And no matter where you are, you can watch our services via live streaming right there at our website. You'll find directions and service times for both locations at cwccs.org. Have a wonderful day in the Lord, and join us next time for another study in God's wonderful Word. The Dwelling Place with Pastor Al Pittman is presented by Calvary Worship Center in Colorado Springs, Colorado. 